Hello, I'm really glad you're with us online right now. We're wrapping up the Bible Stories message series today, and we've been looking at some of the best-known stories from the Bible, and these stories are historical events where we see how God works in history and how we then can expect him to work in our lives. Today we're looking at Ruth's story from the Bible book of Ruth. Ruth's story shows how God can use an ordinary person who chooses loyalty and love and how he blesses that ordinary person who chooses loyalty and love. Her choices, Ruth's choices, brought epic reward and honor from God himself. Benjamin Franklin, who was the ambassador to France at one time, attended the Infidels Club there, and they they were a group that spent most of its time searching for and reading literary masterpieces. At one meeting, Franklin read the Book of Ruth to the club, but he changed the names so that they wouldn't recognize it as a, a story from the Bible. They said it was the most beautiful story that they had ever read, and they asked where they could find such a beautiful literary masterpiece. And Benjamin Franklin enjoyed telling them it was from the Bible because they derided and scorned the Bible. So this is a great story, beautifully written, and I want to start at the beginning of the story. Ruth 1, 1 through 5 says, In the days when the judges ruled, there was a famine in the land, and a man from Bethlehem in Judah, together with his wife and two sons, went to live for a while in the country of Moab. The man's name was Elimelech, his wife's name Naomi, and the names of his two sons, Malon and Kilian. They were Ephrathites from Bethlehem, Judah, and they went to Moab and lived there. Now, Elimelech, Naomi's husband, died, and she was left with her two sons. They married Moabite women, one named Orpah and the other named Ruth. After they had lived there about ten years, both Malin and Killian also died, and Naomi was left without her two sons and her husband. When Naomi's last son died, that was like going completely bankrupt in that culture. They, they, there was no retirement plan, no financial security at all, unless you were tied to a husband or a son, unless they were there to take care of you. That's just the way it worked in the custom of that day. What we learn from the story of Ruth and Naomi, who's really in the background of the story, is that God rewards loyalty and love that comes from faith. At Naomi's urging, Orpah decides to go back to her family and 
be taking care of them, which makes perfect sense. She urged Orpah and Ruth, her daughters-in-law, to go back to Moab, to, to go back to their family, to their homeland, and be taken care of, to be financially secure. But Ruth made a different choice. And here's the conversation between Naomi and Ruth. Ruth 1, 15 through 18. Look, said Naomi, your sister-in-law is going back to her people and her gods. Go back with her. But Ruth replied, don't urge me to leave you or turn back from you. Where you go, I will go. And where you stay, I will stay. Your people will be my people and your God, my God. Beautiful statement. Where you die, I will die. And there I will be buried. May the Lord deal with me, be it ever so severely, if anything but death separates you and me. When Naomi realized that Ruth was determined to go with her, she stopped urging her. But she kept on urging, which is a profound statement of faith from Naomi. And you see in this interchange this dialogue, both women were exercising profound faith. Naomi is looking out for Ruth's best interest when she tells her to go back to Moab and let her family take care of her. Ruth has much better prospects for finding a husband in Moab, which is how Women in that culture were taken care of financially, but she chooses loyalty out of love for Naomi. Naomi refuses to demand that Ruth help her, even though she's in dire need. She's in real trouble. She's in a real predicament. By refusing to to manipulate Ruth, and demand that she does what she needs her to do, she chooses faith. In her response, Ruth, in effect, says, I'm going to trust God with my future and rely on him to take care of us. Now, faith, you find out in Scripture, in 1 Timothy 1.5, it's clear, it's a root of love. It's a root also of loyalty. First Timothy 1.5 says the goal of this command is love, which comes from faith, among other things. When we choose to focus on someone else's interests and take our eyes off of our own interests, we have to trust God to look out for us. And he does. He's faithful. God rewards this kind of loyalty, love, and faith. What God does for Ruth and Naomi in the rest of this story, he does for all of us who trust him, who walk by faith. He protects, he provides, and he honors. When you trust God, you receive the promises connected to faith. First of all, protection. When Naomi and Ruth 
arrive in Bethlehem, Ruth gets to work right away in the fields at considerable risk. Working in the fields in that day among the the male workers in the fields carries the same risk of walking alone when in an, in an area of the city or maybe in a dark alley when you know that a stalker is around that area. She just happens, though, to come to the field of Boaz, who is a relative of her dead father-in-law, Elimelech. And this is no coincidence. This is the providence of the living God. He's providing for them. Check out how God protects Ruth through Boaz. Ruth 2, 8 and 9. So Boaz said to Ruth, My daughter, listen to me. Don't go and glean in another field, and don't go away from here. Stay here with my servant girls. Watch the field where the men are harvesting, and follow along after the girls. I have told the men not to touch you. Whenever you are thirsty, go and get a drink from the water jars the men have filled. This is God's protection. This is... The grace of God. And we also find God's provision in Ruth's story. Ruth 2, 15, 16. And she got up to glean. Boaz, as she got up to glean, Boaz orders his men, even if she gathers among the sheaves, don't embarrass her. Rather, pull out some stalks for her from the bundles and leave them for her to pick up. And don't rebuke her. So, God had made provision in the law uh, of Moses earlier in the uh, in the Bible, and you find that provision in Leviticus nineteen nine through ten. So, what Ruth was doing was risky, but a normal way that God provided for. Uh, the the poor to be fed and Boaz adds to God's provision with extra kindness it's a great story so for the the sake of time I'm going to need to fast forward and hopefully you don't get whiplash from the, the 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 fast forward but the book of Ruth does a much much better job of building up to this. It's beautifully written. But in the last chapter of the book, Boaz ends up marrying Ruth, which is God's reward for Naomi and Ruth's faith. The marriage was God's provision. Let's look at Ruth 4, 13-15. So Boaz took Ruth, and she became his wife. Then she went to her, and the Lord enabled her to conceive, and she gave birth to a son. The woman, the women said to Naomi, Praise be to the Lord, who this day has not left you without a kinsman redeemer. May he become famous throughout all Israel. That's a reference to the provision that the son would provide for her. He will renew your life and sustain you in your old age. For your daughter-in-law who loves you and who is better 
to you than seven sons has given him birth. So God brings protection, amazing provision, and honor to Ruth and Naomi, and honestly to every one of us who chooses faith in him. Let's go back to when Ruth started working in the fields, and you see how Ruth's faith brought honor among the people. Ruth 2, 11 through 12, Boaz replied, I've been told about all you have done for your mother-in-law since the death of your husband. Unobliged kindness is very, very important to God. He, he, he honors it. How you left your father and mother and your homeland and came to live with a people you did not know before. May the Lord repay you for what you have done. May you be richly rewarded by the Lord, the God of Israel, under whose wings you have come to take refuge. Look at the outcome of her faith. This is Boaz speaking in chapter 3, verse 11. And now, my daughter, don't be afraid. I will do for you all you ask. All my fellow townsmen know that you are a woman of noble character. So the city had been buzzing about Ruth's love and loyalty to Naomi, to her mother-in-law. She had gained a reputation as a woman of noble character. That is worth, that is is worth a lot. That, That is priceless, really. Through having a son, so Ruth was honored among men, among people. And she also was honored by God through having a son. Matthew 1, 5 through 6. This is the genealogy of Jesus. Salmon, the father of Boaz, whose mother was Rahab. Boaz, the father of Obed, whose mother was Ruth. Obed, the father of Jesse. And Jesse, the father of King David. David was the father of Solomon, whose mother had been Uriah's life, uh, wife. This is the genealogy of Jesus Christ that you find in Matthew here. Ruth is one of four women named in the genealogy, genealogy, the genealogy of Jesus Christ. That is quite an honor to be in his line. And she wasn't even a Jewish woman. So that's, that's an amazing honor that she received here. In this story of loyalty, there are some hidden keys that make relationships flourish. These keys give us some help in relationships across the board. Relating to family, friends, co-workers, roommates, whoever it is, uh, we, we can take a lot away from this story. And at the heart of it, mutual benefit and looking to others' interests are the keys to having relationships that flourish. Relationships wither without those things. So, first of all, 
One key, the first key, is love that shows consideration. Ruth 1, 8 and 9. Then Naomi said to her two daughter-in-laws, Go back, each of you, to your mother's home. May the Lord show kindness to you as you have shown to your dead and to me. May the Lord grant that each of you will find rest in the home of another husband. Ruth had a better chance of finding a husband and, therefore, financial security in Moab. Then Naomi kissed them, and they wept aloud. Naomi tries to persuade Ruth to go back to her family and the security of her homeland. That's where she would have financial security. She she was not trying to manipulate Ruth to stay with her at all, but was showing genuine love, which is consideration. She was considering her needs and putting them above her own in humility. Naomi set Ruth free to go, knowing that she was too old to take care of herself. Basically, Naomi trusted God and showed genuine love to Ruth. Ruth responds to Naomi by showing genuine kindness. Ruth 2.2 And Ruth the Moabitess said to Naomi, Let me go to the fields and pick up the leftover grain behind anyone in whose eyes I find favor. Naomi said to her, Go ahead, my daughter. To show kindness to someone literally means to stoop down and help them with their needs, to meet their needs. And it's so easy for us to develop tunnel vision and go through the day totally focused on our own needs and and not even be aware of the needs of other people at all. And we don't show kindness to them, therefore. If you want good relationships, you look for ways to bless others and meet their needs. That's the heart of kindness. Don't stay focused then on your own load by either complaining about it, being overwhelmed by it, trying to get the help that you need to manipulate the people around you to fulfill your needs. Proverbs says, if you want refreshment, be refreshing. That's how we do it. We we get refreshed as we serve other people and show kindness to them. By nature, though, we we want our needs to be met. We We want to make sure they're covered. So to show kindness through the day is an act of faith. Who's going to take care of us? Who's going to meet our needs? If you follow God, what he's going to do is he's going to keep peeling you inside out to serve others and to look to their needs. And in that, you find refreshment. You find the blessing and and the grace that God gives you. You you get the very refreshment that you need by having your your by focusing and having people meet your needs. So finally, to have relationships that flourish, we must refuse undue obligation. 
Ruth 1.15, look, said Naomi, your sister-in-law is going back to her people and her gods. Go back with her. She's urging her here again. Naomi keeps urging Ruth to go back to her home. And in doing so, she removes all undue obligation. Unrealistic expectations and demanding attitudes and trying to obligate people to meet your needs are relationship killers. They drain the joy right out of relationships. Just sucks it right out. No joy when you have, you feel like you have to do something to meet the needs of another person. And it's easy for us to put the whammy on family and friends to get them, to try to get them to meet our needs. We do that through seductive helplessness, which, which means that we're just, we're sick or we're down or we're lonely and we whine and we try to pull people into our trouble. Um, and, and another way is just blatant manipulation. And this is what Naomi refused. Blatant manipulation is guilting or belligerence using ploys or games. Those kill relationships. In freeing up Ruth, Naomi was giving her future to God. She was trusting him to provide for her. And he came through in amazing ways, which he always does. This is a key to having relationships that flourish. Enjoyable relationships that we can experience as we walk through life. You trust God to meet your needs as you set those free, uh, set the people around you free to either help you or not. They're not obligated. You don't obligate them. If you don't exercise faith in this way, then what happens in the other people that you're obligating, you're sticking barbs in them, you're guilting and you're pushing, and and what happens is the barbs fester and they create resentment over time. A demanding attitude kills relationships. That's what we don't see, we don't see that demanding attitude in the story of Ruth and Naomi. Now, this brings us to our next steps for the day. And I, I want to ask you, what has God laid on your heart to do as a result of hearing his word read this morning? Um, what is it that you want to follow through with? I've suggested some next steps here. My next step today is to read the book of Ruth this week. There are only 88 verses in it. It's a very quick read, but it's a beautiful story, and I'd encourage you to read it and think about what I've talked about and get your own insights as well from it. Um, another step could be trust God and choose loyalty. Another step 
show consideration and kindness, maybe someone comes to mind that you could really help and meet their needs. And a final step would be exercise faith and refuse undue obligation. Those are some great takeaways. You may have something that God has laid on your heart to do, and I'd encourage you to do that. Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for the work you do in our lives. Thank you, God, for this story, the the book of Ruth and the scripture. And thank you, God, for the encouragement and the instruction that we get from it. And I pray that you would lead us and give us the faith to take the steps that you have laid on our heart today. And that you would be honored and pleased and glorified as we take those steps. In the name of Jesus Christ, I pray. Amen.